You're listening to the Fox in the Phoenix podcast, understanding the feminine cross-dressing experience. The Fox in the Phoenix podcast is now a proud recipient of two 27th Annual Communicators Awards, garnering audio and podcast distinction for individual episodes in the categories of society and culture and diversity and inclusion. I'm Savannah Hawk, cross-dresser, and author of the Living with Crossdressing book series. And I'm Julie Rubenstein, proud ally and co-founder of foxandhanger.com, a feminine styling and life coaching service for crossdressers and transgender women. Hey, Julie. Hey, Savannah. How are you, you fiery redhead? I'm good, I'm good. Um, I had a bat mitzvah yesterday for twins mm. in San Francisco. And it was a lengthy ordeal. I mean, there weren't many people there. It was just kind of close family and it was being recorded um, because of COVID, you know, this beautiful, beautiful synagogue in San Francisco. And you look behind you and there's this other floor looking down. What's that called? The nosebleed section? Like a mezzanine? Section. Like a, the holy a... nosebleed section? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, it, where they had, I think they had a smartphone where they mm. were just videotaping the whole thing, zooming, if you will. Mm-hmm. But it was twins and it was, it was two hours. And then we went to this fancy restaurant outside with heaters in the city. Nice. And it was just, you know, a fancy, fancy restaurant. We had the three course meal. And then by the time we left, we left. So it started we came at like 9.15. We actually came at like a little bit earlier than that because we're notoriously late. So when we left, it was like 3.45. Wow. So by the time I got home, it was, it was 4.30 pretty much around that time. I fell asleep and then I didn't wake up until midnight to my daughter coming in being like, the TV's too loud. Uh, Daddy's listening to the TV too loud. Can I read a little bit? I'm like, what time is it? She's like, midnight. I'm like, what the? Like, I had slept. Oof. And I, you know me. Like, I have sleeping issues. Like, mm-hmm. it involves medication. down. It's safe. I slept a lot. I needed it. So I'm, okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm cool. Cool. Don't I look like... You woke, look refreshed. If you will. Yes, yes, you look woke and refreshed. Thank you. Baruch Adonai. Thanks for inviting me to your bar mitzvah. That's all nice. I say. <laughs> How are you? I'm also good. I've been sleeping much better uh, as of late. So don't. I couldn't tell you how or why I got to this place, but I am sleeping much better. So that's good. I'm more productive. Mm, um, yes. Doing a lot more writing recently to get my little young adult fiction effort uh, into its third act, which is exciting. Yes. Um, and unfortunately, it's like I was in the middle of something yesterday and Judy says, hey, do you want to, you know, go do this thing or, you know, for me or with me? And I'm like, I can't. I'm in the, the middle of this very important plot point and I can't just stop now. So, yeah, I was like in the zone the last few days and uh, it's very exciting. And doing science fiction, fantasy, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it must involve some, like, when you say you're at a critical plot point, it must mean, like, there's a crystal in a path where there's, you know, it's, like, intense. It's not just, like, a normal stopping point where you're, like, okay, you're, like, in it. Yeah. Can't even equate it to something that you would be able to reference. 
But just it, try me to be. Well, honest. Let's go back to a comedy that we both know and love. My cousin Vinny. This yeah. would be. This is not when he's sitting at the table with all his photos, trying to figure out right. what to do in his closing arguments. This is if he had Marissa Tomei on the stand. It was in the middle of questioning. You can't right. just walk away from that. And and she was just like, you know what it is, Miss <laughs> Vito. You. <laughs> Okay, I get it. I got you. So I, I, I all the felt, listeners yeah. <laughs> that don't understand, sorry, it's a thing. It's and momentum, and yeah. it, there's a momentum to it. Right, right. So I felt bad for not being available, but it was a very crucial and important point. And this is a, a first transformation moment, and I did not want to walk, walk away from that moment and the character development. So. To yeah, go back cool. to the real world, oh, it I'm involves sorry. some travel. There was a trip to be had, which is a beautiful segue into <gasps> our topic today. What? Wait, what? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Let me get out of the car. Let me stand in front of the road. Don't worry. No one's driving. And let mm. me say, we are talking about cross-dressing travel. Da, 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 da. Traveling. Nice. And being a cross-dresser. Can those two things happen together? They can, okay. but there are certain, you know, as you know, you could probably speak to this better than I can, but I've heard some stuff. You heard things? I've I heard, heard some things. things. Okay. Some things. <laughs> so we are discussing now that COVID at this point is settled. There's a dark storm cloud behind us mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. And it's coming around the bend, but right now, a lot of us are kind of in the denial points ish at least i am where some places you're taking off masks i'm speaking to my own and i'm like this is nice this is great i've been to colorado this summer mm -hmm. i've done you know we traveled to the city where just a year and a year and a half ago i did not come to the siblings bar mitzvah because of covid right so we're in right. a different place so we can right. start thinking about traveling to certain events where people meet and get together for a certain cause and they have little oh, like conferences and totally. workshops. Conferences. Yeah, yeah. We can think about it. And also we can think about businesses opening up a little more, travel being something that is an important part of the cross-dressing experience for many mm -hmm. when it comes to the time that they can dress. Yes. So I actually had a listener reach out to me and wanted to discuss, they were they were one of those people who had some travel in the near future and they're getting kind of anxious and wanted to know some tips and tricks and kind of what to expect when it comes to cross-dressing and travel, especially cross-dressing and travel where you have some colleagues and then mm. you have to deal with the transportation of goods, so to speak. Mm. Kitties. Mm. <laughs> so, so let's let's discuss it and i think and you and i in preparation for this episode feel like you and i both have something to share about this topic yes and so it will be a nice even discussion between savannah and jules yes who would like to start i mean you can start because well, you're the cross-dresser oh okay Good to know. I would like to say I'm going to start at the I'm going to start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. Anyway, there was years and years and years where I did do some business travel. Yeah. Just periodically. It wasn't often, but this was travel. 
with colleagues. Now, being in a hotel room by yourself, going to exotic locales for business. And of course, I wanted to bring my stuff with me, my underwear and you know wigs and breast forms and all these things. But the places we were going to in this specific instance were international. And I felt that internationally, and again, this is probably more than 10 years ago, Mm. 10 to 15 probably and I was traveling internationally going to Paris with a colleague and I was very concerned about international travel because I was also very concerned about the scrutiny in which luggage might be reviewed so mm. I definitely did not bring any anything that was hip pads or wigs or I mean pretty much only thing I brought was underwear just do the minimum to get by And so it wasn't like I was going and excited to be in my hotel room so I could become fully Savannah. That just wasn't in the cards for me. Or at least I was too fearful about it to worry that my coworker could be standing next to me as my luggage is being uh, rifled through uh, during the TSA security (laughs) protocols. So I didn't do it. But yet I realized even that could have been unsettling had they started pulling out my you know, satiny panties in front of my coworker too. And they're like, why do you have, you know what I'm saying? I was, I was really concerned all the way around, but yet I did at the very least said, well, I guess I could get away with panties and it would be okay. But I really didn't think about it, you know, fully because if that were the case and those were in somebody's hands raised up as he's leafing and rummaging through, that could have been seen anyway and it wouldn't have, been any different conversation had it be a boob (laughs) or a pair of panties Mm. i mean i guess i could have explained it away it's like oh those are my girlfriends and she sent it along with me to remember her by her i could have come (laughs) up with some these are my girlfriends a mold of her breasts that they've (laughs) dipped in silicone and they just like it makes me comforted (laughs) yes i like to suck off my breast like i did with my own mammy oh no issues sorry Um, So that was my first foray into not traveling with Savannah. And was this post 9-11? Probably pre. Okay. Because either way, I think post or pre, it sounds like there's that similar anxiety and angst when it comes to any sort of reveal at an airport. Yes. Um, I, I do know that after 9-11, they up the security in that you're more likely to get your bags kind of rummaged through. People yeah. actually stared at the items in cellular form as it went through the uh, conveyor belt. The conveyor belt the to the security. metal detectors. Yeah, yeah. And I'll never forget coming home from Boston to California after my bachelorette party. And my friends got me cuffs. They got me a strap on. They got me some titty tassels. And the girl in me that is titillized by sexual humor, I think it's hilarious and wonderful, and fully owned the experience, because there were clearly two choices, be mortified or just laugh and be like, this is the writer in me. This is a story to tell. Mm -hmm. They literally opened up my luggage. It It was this man, and he felt more embarrassed than I felt. <laughs> so you could just see him like wiping beads of sweat off of his forehead <laughs> as he took everything out, 
these titty tassels. They were like uh, furry handcuffs. Nice. Was in one. And then you had like the titty tassels in the other. But they were behind like a cardboard cutout of like a, a sexy woman that was like pretty much naked, <laughs> if not like had, you know, a thong. It was very sexual. And then they pulled out this giant vibrator. And I just kept on looking over at this guy's face. And I was just like, this poor guy. Like, I, of course, spit out some, like, awkward jokes or, like, the truth in there just to fill the moment with noise, you know, because there needed to be that between his angst and, like, embarrassment. I was like, I had my bachelorette party. It was a good time. (laughs) We went to a drag show. Like, I tried to, like, talk throughout the process because it was so awkward. And the look, as he kept on looking down at his hands and, like, grabbed a pair of latex gloves, and even that made him feel embarrassed because, like, the snapping of the latex gloves. Like, the whole experience was humiliating, like, on so many levels that I had to find some humor in it but like i just remember feeling so bad for this person and it reminds me um now that i (laughs) in preparation for this topic that like i felt fully exposed like there was Mm. no colleagues around me to be like i i kept on kind of looking around be like does anyone see this no one saw this (laughs) they were all half awake and like fully engaged in whatever they were doing but this moment I had with this security airport person, you know, going through all the stuff, it really was more embarrassing for them than it was for me. Now, I'm not a crossdresser. So if if I had been a crossdresser that had been traveling to a business location back from somewhere and had this experience happen, I would have been mortified. Mortified. Um, especially if I had people I knew around me, like, oh, Steve, that's quite the <laughs> the array. I would have just, <laughs> I don't know, I would have fainted. You well, I, you're absolutely right, because what you, you had a very valid reason to have this stuff in your luggage, which is, I was at my own bachelorette party, and this is what they gave me. <laughs> I mean, it's not out of bounds. What you're talking about is something that is... If you had this happen, this event, you could possibly have these things brought back with you, you know, as a result. So there, it's not unheard of nor out of bounds to. But it would have been embarrassing to someone who wasn't me, to yeah, someone who yeah. just like, this sucks. It's, oh, I guess I'll throw it. Like they spend money. It's mm-hmm. an embarrassing occurrence for like the the average person In to go yes. through, to experience. I now, when we that. think, right, when we think about this, the cross-dressing contents. It's so intense, and I actually know people who have been clients of mine or who I've met along this journey who have actually sent their items to the hotel where they were going mm-hmm. as a personal you know, package to them. Now you have to deal with, like, if, if you have a colleague that's like, what's that, Steve? What's that? What, what are you getting? And you're like, don't worry about it. Or you 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 show up at 2 a.m. in the morning, you got my things. Like, either way, <laughs> there's some sort of high-stakes feeling to it, maybe, I can imagine, unless you're frequent at that hotel. Um, but I, that's I, a strategy. Agreed, agreed. I mean, and it is something I've heard several uh, cross-dressers do. Uh, because there's so much stuff they do not want to be have in hand. They right. don't want to, you know, I guess if you checked your luggage, 
it'd be less scrutinized because obviously it's you know under the plane and nobody you're not taking it through tsa inspection but if you have carry-on that might be a reason to send stuff ahead like it might be a wig and like platform shoes and a lot of mm -hmm. things that may just take up a lot of room number one and number two it's like well i don't want to be caught with it i don't want to be seen with it so i'm gonna just get it on my storage and take it to the post office and just send it to the Hilton care of me and they will hold it for me until my arrival. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I, my question would be is what do you do when you're done? I mean, do you ship it back to yourself? I mean, I'm assuming you don't send it home. So there is some curiosity. I'm not even sure of you all. Could. The, yeah, you could, maybe. but you probably have maybe a PO box or something that you could retrieve it. There's all sorts of ways you can set up this covertness that it's not showing up at your doorstep, which is right. what you don't want to do, especially if you're in a closet and in hiding. And the travel is the way you can express yourself. Travel is a way that you have the freedom in your hotel room or maybe even out in a town a in that town or a cruise in a way to do it freely. And again, there's a lot of things you have to work through in terms of logistics in order to make that happen and stay safe and unfortunately stay hidden and not have to come up with a reason why you are doing or not doing something. And I think that if you have created a community on Facebook, and I think if you are traveling to location, a town over from where a sister lives, it would be a, tr a treat, a gift, an exciting thing to have this person reach out to someone that they've connected with and be like, look, I'm flying into town for business. Would you be willing? And, and you know, in my dream scenario, they have a relationship with a significant other that's like, oh, sure, you know, or mm -hmm. maybe it's from Amazon. And they're like, can I just send an Amazon package to where you're going to be so that when I'm at this hotel, I can just travel quickly and get them? You know, some sort of group effort to make this a little bit easier. Yeah. But that involves some energy and some steps. And it's just unfortunate that it it can be so devastatingly embarrassing that one may compromise the one time a year or the one time a month they have to be their feminine self. Mm -hmm. And I just heard through the grapevine on Facebook from a woman who is up for a, not up for promotion, but is being considered for an, a new role. Unfortunately, they are considering not taking that job for a couple of reasons. One, because they feel like they're great at the job they do and mm -hmm. don't necessarily want, okay, you're giving me a pay raise, but now I'm gonna be managing people and that's not really right. like what I love to do. But the second thing they had mentioned in the same post was that with this new job would come less travel. And they were saying in the travel is the only time I can express my feminine side. Got it. So they would have to, okay, yeah, they get a pay bump, but now they're doing a job that maybe is not as fulfilling as the job they have now. And they lose the majority of the ability to present themselves and express themselves in, in a feminine way. And yeah. that was a big, big consideration that they're undertaking to say, well, do I want the money or do I want to be able to express myself? Yeah, that's huge. And other than the fact that this pay raise involves them not wanting to deal with the added responsibilities, mm -hmm. it sounds like, it kills off a, a crucial piece that allows them to be their feminine 
itself. So that feels sad to me. Yeah, and they're in the, it's a major part of their decision. It's sad for the person. It's sad that they have to make that determination based on, well, if I don't travel, I'll never be able to dress again. I mean, that's a sad statement. Um, it means that your support system is, is not as well in place locally as it should be, maybe. Travel is great, and travel is a great opportunity to express yourself freely and without prying eyes and judgment. And whether you're meeting people or you're just enjoying the lobby or the hotel bar or your room, it's, it's an outlet we all know is needed for many people. I just wish it was a little less necessary as your only avenue. Right. I so agree. That, yeah. Yeah. And, and we think about, yeah, we've covered the planes, but what about the trains and automobiles, baby? Well, that's, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. that's true. There Thank you, are John some Candy. easy, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Travel is journeying. It's adventure and it's going away from your life as whoever you're supposed to be or you're told you're supposed to be or who you grew into. And then you have this opportunity where you're traveling and you have the chance to become someone different. I know that when I traveled to even from Aspen to Denver recently, and I visited my family, just going by myself and not having to be a mother, not having to be a spouse, that was such freedom to me. It was like I let go of all the angst I had and all the responsibilities and I could just be myself, be me. So when I think about a cross-dresser having very limited time based on their own set up at home, if you will, and they have this one time a year that mm -hmm. they look forward to where they can go to Wildside or, the, or one time a year where they can go to a conference, you know, six times a year that they can travel to this hotel by train or whatever it is. Whenever that freedom is compromised, if I don't travel, like just me not be able to go on a trip by myself for two years because of COVID, soul crushing a part of my soul was just like i don't recognize myself in terms of an identity thing and i get that when i think about a crossdresser who's had that window closed or mm -hmm. or that window being compromised in some way it is so important to be able to feel like you can just sit back in that nightgown in your hotel and not even leave just be relaxed and whole and stare at yourself. And maybe that just involves taking a bubble bath with a breastplate and whatever it means for you. The idea of that being taken away, it's, it's hard. Yes, it definitely is. Which is why for me, it was so important to not keep it a secret, you know, as I went forward in relationships, because it was just too much work. While there's the consideration of the partner maybe not being all that appreciative of what you just shared that's a whole other episode but the idea of keeping this private and secreted and squirreling away all my femme clothing and undergarments and pads and wigs it just seems like so much work and right. it's yeah it just for me it wasn't worth that and i think it's something that backslides i think it's something that causes you to like the more secreted you are with it the more kind of in place you stay hmm. versus you know you say more like 
you know, if you never push the boundary because you're so much in the closet and you only do these things in very specific venues, when you're right. with certain people or by yourself in certain geographic regions, it seems like the, the more you stay in that world and the more comfortable it becomes, the more you stagnate in that venue. So you don't go out more locally. You don't share with others. You don't try to be yourself on a daily basis or on a more periodic right. basis um, where you are. Yes. And you're dependent on that time or that trip or this conference or that one time a year where your wife goes out to the Catskills or, you know, whatever it is, or you'll be going to the Catskills for the, isn't there an event for cross-dressers in the Catskills? There, might there has be. been. There has what? been. Yeah, there has been. There was actually yeah. camps, I think, that uh, was all for cross-dressers. Totally. Um, and yeah, I, it, I mentioned, I threw a name out there and I'm like, Catskills, wait. Your wife wouldn't be going there. You would. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, my ex-girlfriend had a sister who lived near the Catskills. And that would be like a three-day weekend. So that would always give me that alone time at home. And this wasn't because she didn't know. She did know. But she was, at that point, a little disapproving of it. So mm -hmm. I just decided to save myself the emotional angst and disapproval and just did it when she wasn't around. Yeah. And I do know partnerships, the wife doesn't want to know about it, mm -hmm. but she knows enough to know that they have an agreement that every two weeks, this husband has a girl's night out. And that means her staying at a local hotel, her getting all dolled up and going to said bar or whatever right. location or, or group. So I do know that that's something that can work for couples that could be an agreement that i don't want to know about it but i know where you're going and it's this is a boundary that you and i have kind of set we're at you know it's, it's on my calendar that you're not going to be there that night mm -hmm. or even you know from this hour to this hour and i'll expect you at to come home at 12 you know midnight whatever it is but they have the freedom to have that hotel room where they can dress get all ready and then go out Yes. Yeah. And I've seen that many times, uh, especially on the local venue of going to a hotel. It was like a, a planned event, like for all right. crossdressers, a private event. So, you know, the venue's safe. You know, you're with people of your own kind. And, you know, you can you can share a room for people can plunk down their quarter payment for the room for the night so they can get right. ready and, and help each other get ready. You know, all those things are in play. Um, when I was in New York on Long Island, there was Femme Fever was having mm. private parties, but they also did makeovers. They would actually rent a suite for the evening and then plan or schedule makeovers for those women who were either coming from out of town or coming uh, locally, but were maybe not as happy with their own skill set or they'd want to be pampered. And they would go ahead and schedule that time to be there and now you're with other women both pre makeover and post makeover who you can talk to and commune with as you're getting your own work done so there's a lot of benefit and you'll feel like you look your best and you feel like you belong with the people you're with and then you go to this bar and you have a great time and then go get showered and undone and then back to quote unquote normalcy nice yeah that's lovely I just got an image. I'm like, oh, I want to be there. 
It was, yeah, it was fantastic. And there were some people with spouses who came. There was some people who had traveled from from your side of the, the country to New yeah. York on a business trip. They would go once a month and they would make that their trip. And they would show up and get all dialed up and, and do their thing at the party. Yeah, it's, it's functionally effective in many ways, whether local travel, international travel, you know, cross-country travel. Uh, it's just like, how, how do you do it? How do you manage getting your stuff either out of storage or you have to buy new stuff or you have yeah. an, Amazon, an Amazon package sent to one of those Amazon drop boxes where you're yeah. going to end up being? All sorts of ways, I'm sure our listenership could probably tell us even more amazing ways in how they managed to get their femme side to the locale they are trying to get to. Those Amazon lockers are really amazing. Mm-hmm. And they'll have it at like a 7-Eleven, you know, they'll just have it all over the place so that people can just get, yeah, get you their plug stuff. In, yeah, you plug in your code and, and the door opens and oh, there's your femme yeah. self inside. Yes, I'm with you where I, I I wish that there was a little bit more freedom to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish that it wasn't, people weren't so dependent on that one trip, that one business trip, whatever it is. What I was wondering while I'm listening to you talk about all this is I can imagine there must be, for some people, a little bit of a sexual charge when it comes to the idea of getting caught by security, getting caught by colleagues and, and what would what would happen. There's a little bit of enjoyment in a, in, a, in a twisted kind of way. Do you think that? For me, no. Not for you, <laughs> but like for I some mean, people. I, I'm sure there is like some charge, uh, sexual or otherwise, when it comes to, oh my God, what if this happens? And like your adrenaline's pumping and, oh, there's this thing and like nobody knows about this thing. And what happens if they find out about this thing? So yes, there is a charge to it. When it came to me, uh, it was more about that risk of being caught and not wanting to take that chance. That was always my first determinant for bringing stuff with me. But yet, post 9-11 and going to New York from South Carolina or from Michigan, I decided I was traveling by myself in mail mode and I know many people who actually travel in FEM, which gets me into a whole conversation about, well, if your passport and your driver's license is all male-centric, right. how do you get through TSA with being dressed in FEM and not right. have a flag against you? Mm-hmm. So I, I, that's another question I would love to ask the audience if they actually have all male-centric documentation um, what is the premise? What happens during TSA when they look down at your your driver's license, then look up at you, and then look down, look up at you again, and say, um, "Right, this doesn't look like you." I'm very, very curious about what happens in those situations. But for me personally, I did a carry on when I went to New York, and I had my breast forms, I had my hip pads, and all my everything had my wigs. Everything was in my carry on. I packed like a fiend for like five days and it was all rolled up tight in there so of course it went i bet you it was great like i (laughs) bet you i know you're like my husband where you're so good at the packing and the spatial awareness Mm -hmm. that is definitely something i'm decent at and so we went through the x-ray instantly got flagged and went you know instead of going down one side of the conveyor went to the other branch of the conveyor 
mm-hmm. and it was now set for scrutiny, additional scrutiny. So <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, this is happening. This is happening. And this is happening. This is my first time. I wasn't sure what's going to happen. So I go and a woman's, you know, got, like you said, she's pulling on her latex gloves and making that snapping yeah. sound. And she's opened up the, the zipper. And in the meantime, I had already prepped my phone with Savannah in the dress that I knew she was going to pull out mm. of my luggage. Talk so, to me. And so she's pulling out. She's like, oh, are you a doctor? I'm like, what? What it's does like, that mean? Well, because she thought my breast forms were samples, like oh prosthetic samples. You're like, well, no. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, really? Well, not at all. I kind of did go through that excitement of like being a doctor without any of right. the schooling. And then like, no, those are, those are mine. She's got a, a breast form in both hands. And when she puts one down, she's swabbing it as if it's C4. She thinks it's like plastique. So she's swabbing it for explosive residue. Oh so I'm just watching I'm just watching this in amazement going, okay. And so as she's getting through it, I showed her a picture of me. I said, no, I'm a, you know, I'm dual gender and that's part of me. I'm gonna be dressed. Did you, you know, show her a Savannah picture? I, I did. That's when I pulled out the picture with that dress she was also looking at. I said, no, yeah. this is me. That's me in the dress. And yep. I said, and I can't believe you touched my boobs. <laughs> so she, she, laughed. she laughed. And um, this is now in South Carolina. Mike. This is not in New York. Yeah. This is in South Carolina this happened. And she was very much thought it was very funny. And she seemed to have a good time with me and with the situation. Good. And it, I, it gave me more confidence Nobody like pulled me out of line. Nobody put me in some, some secret interrogation room and put me in cuffs about it. They just, they did their diligence and they made sure it wasn't anything masquerading as something that could be terrible for the flight. And I got through it and that just gave me more confidence to be like, oh, they don't care either. I'm sure they see strange things like this all the time. And... When I visit you and Kate in South Carolina, you know I'll be bringing them titties. Knowing what I want, like me stating my needs right now will result in them not asking me and not even <laughs> opening stuff. But I want to say that I work with cross-dressers and transgender women and or one in the same, have everyone to look at it, and then just see their face. I help with male-to-female transformation. That'd be fantastic. And then I'd want to be like, do you want to honk it? And then it's just like, what? I'll be like, honk, honk. <laughs> but I'd have to get a fresh pair. None of this dog chew kind of. Yeah, none of the ones you've cut to different shapes. Yeah. Just because you do a little surgery. Yes. Also not a doctor. No, no. Yeah, you like me, not a doctor. <laughs> not a doctor, but my parents wish I was. <laughs> Ribbenstein. So sorry to bring up painful memories. It's cool. Okay. But uh, yeah, I found that for myself being more open um, and coming out to more people. Right. And allowing that to be okay and allowing people to validate that it's okay being who you are has given me more of a license to be okay with traveling that way with carry on, not worrying about perfect strangers or other people behind me or ahead of me in line trying to get through TSA, TSA because like you said 
all they care about is getting to their own flight. They couldn't give a crap about what's going on with you. Unless the agent's like, oh my god, look at this huge dildo, and is like shaking it over her head. That might, you know, garner some attention. But otherwise, nobody cares, really. They, they have their own lives to lead. So, so a lot of times the cross-dressers put it on themselves to think that what is going on in our life is way more important to other people than it really is. Right. And there's so much fear that comes from the realistic idea that you might be attacked as your female self. I mean, that is realistic. That is not mm -hmm. just like, oh, sweetie, just soak it up and deal. That yeah. won't happen or the likeliness of that. Ha it happens. It happens all the time. And I think about these transgender women that go in or these transgender men and they go in and they're their gender marker hasn't changed yet because it takes freaking time mm. and they're there at the airport being felt up and being just ostracized and verbally assaulted in, in a way that i might feel if i were them and it's just it can be very very painful it could be very embarrassing but it can also be extremely painful especially if you have to go somewhere for a surgery a gender affirming mm. surgery or you have to go see a doctor or whatever you're doing in the name of your transformation and you get harassed and, and you get talked to in a room or in not a room and you're just like, look, I'm trans. My, my name and my gender marker, that takes time. Sometimes that could take months and months and months to get the court a year, to get the court date, to do all these things. And people need to, they need to continue with their lives. They need to make changes. So. Right. And each state is different. Right. I know each state is different in terms of how quickly these things come to pass in terms of uh, documentation on, on different things, birth certificate, driver's license, passport. Um, all those things take different amount of times based on where you're located. And the one point I wanted to make before we get off the TSA part, which is if you have a concern about what TSA does in your locality or in your airports, I would say reach out, find out like, you know, what their status is. It should, it is, TSA is a national thing. So it should not be something that is barred by locality, but it is something definitely you should just do your research, be aware of like what the premise is. I had no problem. Yes, I expected to get pulled out of line. I expected from my big double D breast forms to be of note when it was going through security. I get that, mm. but the matter of mm -hmm. like nobody cared, they didn't care. They might have like been like, hey, well, what's this weird thing? And just be honest. And honestly, that's your best policy. Be honest about it. Say, I'm dual gender. And this is part of my transformation process. Just like you want to say, I work with transgender folk. And this is part of the transformation process. Um, you know, I, I think just keep it light. Don't give it angst. Just be very honest about what it is you're doing, and they'll be like, oh, okay. And then, because trust me, they got 5,000 other people they're going to have to screen as well beyond right. you. So they're not going to be making all sorts of fun of you at the uh, water cooler. Right. And if you're dealing with traveling with colleagues, as many people do, find a way. This is a tip find a way to separate from the group a little, find mm -hmm. a way to go to the bathroom before you get to security. Find a way to get those people to go through the line. Unless you're going to miss your flight, fine. But leave yourself plenty of time before so that you can have a, a good enough experience or the experience that you're going to have without the people, 
you know, your colleagues breathing down your neck and staring and making judgments and outing you before you're even ready. Yeah. So the suggestion is get through that line, get in line with enough people before that you can have your experience alone. And then right. if you have to get your bag searched or whatever it is, have plenty of time so they're not staring at you and asking questions. There's nothing worse than having to tell someone when you're not ready. And right. it's not their business at right. that point. Agreed. Um, and, yeah. and we recognize that that's not always possible. You could be switching flights and it could be you know a time thing and life happens, but if you can plan it, mm -hmm. and I know Savannah has talked a lot about planning and preparation, plan to be there extra early so that you can go through security, you can take care of your business, what you need to do without having your colleagues yell up in your tits yeah. about it. I mean, oh, <laughs> up in your tits, funny. Uh, or check the bag. You know, you, you can avoid all of that that you just said by just checking a bag. And what's the worst that's going to happen? Somebody's going to be like, oh, I can't believe you pay an extra 40 bucks to check a bag for our two-day trip. It's like, well, you know, that seems like a lot oh, easier. Oh, yeah, check the bag. Yeah. Totally. Right. Then, then yeah. nobody's looking at it. People just probably gripe about you having to wait for it at the carousel or paying extra money to put it in. But, you know, just say, I prefer Arrive it. early. Yeah. If you don't want to wait. There's the taxi. I'll hire one too. You know, like there's a hundred ways totally. that will you can fly fly. Uh, no pun intended. Under the radar, <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to getting your femme self to your destination, whether it's by mailing something, checking something. I'm all about checking bags, even if it's like twenty five bucks. It's worth your mental health and your anxiety to take that extra money and just be like, this is worth it so that I don't have to deal with right. whatever it is. Right. Because you might not be ready yet. Nothing's worse than being forced into a reveal that you're not ready to right. discuss. So, Right. So. Totally get this it. Was, this is a great topic. I think that it will continue to affect a lot of people moving forward as things change because... Mm -hmm. As we both know, and as everyone knows, the world is constantly changing. And if there's anything that this year has taught us, it's get ready for the unexpected. You know, we've we've had an extended amount of time, in a year and a whole chunk of change to really be resilient and deal with certain things. And we recognize there are so many cross-dressers that have not been able to exercise that part of themselves because traveling has been taken away, because work structures have been taken away, because of how the world is. So we see you and we, we're with you. We want, it, we want to return to a place where things are back to how they were and better. Mm-hmm, agreed. Right? Agreed. we want to see each other. Yeah. You and I. Hello. I mean, I mean, you are a real person, right? I'm not talking to some intelligent AI from the West Coast. I am a real person. I'm not an avatar. <laughs> Wait, is that the term avatar? Yes, yes. Toads. <laughs> I don't have a lot of high hopes for the end of 2021, but I mm -hmm. do have higher hopes for 2022 that eventually I will see you in the flesh that we can actually say, oh my God, you are real. Oh my God, we're 100 episodes in and we finally met each other. Right. Yay! Right. I mean, I think we're all getting a whiff that at this point of recording, which mm -hmm. is what? We're at the start of August. What's today? 
Today's the first. Damn. Mm-hmm. We're at a point where people are like not wearing their mask just to get ready for tomorrow when they will have to wear a mask. <laughs> I know it's a reprieve. It's like, what I can breathe without cloth. Yay. And then Delta came. Oh, gosh. And not the airlines. So. No. Yeah. No. So that dark cloud you were referencing at the start of our conversation yep. is that dark cloud. And we're hoping that it passes quickly without a lot of fanfare, with a lot of rainfall, and that we can get back to normalcy. This is true. And don't worry, ladies. No one's dressing up to go on airplanes tomorrow like Pan Am. Remember in Mm-mm. the 60s? Mm-hmm. Everyone mm-hmm. used to dress like to the nines. Yes. And if smoke. I was a cross-dresser, I would be pissed, like staring at all these ladies like dressed to the nines and the, and, and the stewardess. Right. And I'd be sitting there in my like male mode stuff, and I'd be like, why I oughta? Why am I wearing this three-piece suit when I could be wearing a dress? I want to wear what they're wearing. Yes. So we are going to say thank you for, for sticking with us for this beautiful, beautiful episode on travel. And we all hope to be traveling soon, right? I hope so. I hope yeah. so. And when can we hear new episodes, Miss Rubenstein? Funny you should m- mention that because I was just going to say, you can hear new episodes every Wednesday. Okay, every Wednesday. I will, I will mark my calendar. It's Wednesday. 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 Great. <laughs> all day. All day, every day. Um, all day, thank- every day. Uh, I love to you. Love my you. fiery, fiery co-host goddess. I appreciate you. Thank Love. you so much, my brunette goddess. She who wears a wrap dress like no one else and coordinates her lipstick to match the flowers in her dress. Thank Don't you. think I didn't notice that. Thank you. I'm so glad you didn't notice because that was that was paramount on my mind when I was getting ready today to make sure eyeshadow and lips went with the dress colors. But I have a question. Like, I've been really craving a book on cross-dressing that I can just underline and stuff and share mm. with my husband. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you know any of those books? Like, I really just want a deeper understanding. Oh, interesting. Um, I do have a couple books that probably would fit that bill, uh, both in the Living with Cross-Dressing book series by Savannah Hawk. That's H-A-U-K. Nice. And so... <laughs> It can be downloaded on Kindle too, right? It can, it can, it can. I've learned that it's very effective for cross-dressing individuals to be able to underline and highlight and kind of doggy your stuff. Is that true? That's, I've heard tell that that is true. Um, our friend Jennifer sometimes claims that's the best way. Mm-hmm. And I would agree. It's nice to have, and I love books. I love books in my hand. I, I can read on Kindle. I, I do podcasts. I do a lot of virtual electronic digital things but books i love books to be in hand it just it's a different feel you capture the data you you know you absorb it differently i do love it that way for sure but more importantly if i wanted to enhance my style where would i look to do that you'd be create a virtual lookbook with me as the stylist to understand your style yes well you can go to foxandhanger.com and receive individualized attention from yours truly. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. How do we how do we have time to do all these jobs? I don't know, because <laughs> I'm gonna be doing a whole lot more jobs and it's gonna get a whole lot more busy. But you know what? For you and for me, 
the work we do with this community is at the forefront and is our soul and our passion. Mm -hmm. So that will never, ever, ever change. Agreed. Yes. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please share with everyone. Um, We are only as good as our outreach. And we hope you have a wonderful day wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Goodbye for now. Until next time. You can find me on Facebook at Savannah Hawk or at Living With Crossdressing and on Instagram at Savannah Hawk. Remember, that's H-A-U-K. And to learn more, go to my website, livingwithcrossdressing.com. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Fox and Hanger or at MTF Style, as well as on our website at foxandhanger.com. Julie, it's your moment. The Fox and the Phoenix podcast uses Anchor, copyright 2021. Yes, nailed it. We would love to hear from you because your story matters. Please comment and share on Facebook at Fox and Phoenix Podcast or on Instagram at the Fox and the Phoenix Podcast underscore.